brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is our second show of the week. That makes it a Tuesday show where we have an abundance of Bucks news to get into, including a couple of new coaches heading to Tampa Bay to join the coaching staff of Todd Bowles. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com. It is SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you on this fine and lovely Tuesday? I'm doing good, Matt, and I'm feeling really good about the show. I know we're literally just about 40 seconds into it, but I, I just got a feeling this might be the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. Yesterday's show was great. It's always tough the to top of Monday because you got roll call in there. Yeah. So we hear it from our amazing Peter people and find out where they're listening or watching the show from, whether it's around Florida, around the country, around the world. Uh, but uh, this Tuesday, it feels pretty good because we do have some Buccaneer news to get into. And let's start the show right there, Matt. A couple of coaches hired today. We've now seen Todd Bowles finally get that offensive coordinator hire, right? That's that's Dave Canales. Uh, mm-hmm. He was among 10 interview, <laughs> interviewed candidates. We're going to actually be meeting with Dave Canales tomorrow at 1 o'clock at yep. uh, the Advent Health Training Facility. So we'll have a chance to have some fresh video and some uh, some scoop from the Wednesday press conference on our Wednesday night show at 7 p.m. And then, of course, Brad Idzik is following Canales from the Seahawks, where he will be the receivers coach. And uh, and now another hire on the offensive side today. Who is that today, Matt? That is Skip Pete. He is the new running backs coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He comes over from the Dallas Cowboys, where he coached the last couple of seasons. Obviously, if you know the Cowboys, the Cowboys on offense outside of Dak Prescott, it starts with their running backs with yeah. Ezekiel Elliott, but most notably Tony Pollard, who's really burst onto the scene um, over the past couple of years. You mentioned Brad Idzik real quick. You want to talk about some connections to Todd Bowles. Idzik's father, uh, John Idzik, was in the Seahawks front office staff for a while, became the general manager of the New York Jets, who happened to hire Todd Bowles. So a little bit of a bowles Idzik connection there. Obviously, and, Dave Canales was the one that really recruited him. But. And the interesting thing about uh, Idzik is his father, John, was the Bucks capologist in Tampa under Rich McKay back in the late 90s. So perfect. Uh, it, it all it all comes, it all comes together. Circle. But yeah, the cool thing about Skip Pete to get back onto him, yeah. you know, mentioned that he most recently was with the Dallas Cowboys. His brother is Rodney Pete, former um quarterback, right? Yeah, former quarterback. Yeah. Uh NFL fans will know him, but Skip Pete uh, along with the Cowboys also coached the Raiders, the Rams, um yeah. was with the Cowboys twice actually. Right the Chicago bears. And uh, yeah, I believe that's about it. So he's, he's been, he's been around the block, coached some great running backs as well. Yeah. I believe he was there for the Todd Gurley era. Todd Gurley, um, the, Rams, the Rams, Charlie Garner the- with the Raiders, you know, Tyrone Wheatley there as well. So yeah. Uh, and also too, interesting fun fact that uh, Rodney Pete went to Shawnee mission South high school in Overland park, Kansas, which uh, is my high school. So very cool. Yeah. You and so Rob Riggle. Um, yeah, and Rob Riggle as well. So uh, uh, nothing greater than to be a Raider, that's for sure. Um, that was our high school mascot, the Raiders. So we, we've got not just one hire, but two hires. We have Skip Pete. We've now found the replacement for Todd McNair, who was the running backs coach the last couple of years under Bruce Arians. We've found Brad Idzik, the receivers coach, replacing Kevin Garver. We've got Dave Canales replacing Byron Leftwich as the play caller. 
And now we've got an outside linebackers coach who's going to be replacing Bob Sanders, who retired. Yes, that's George Edwards. Now, he has a little bit more of a connection to Todd Bowles than some of these other coaches. So George Edwards, again, uh, been around the block as a coach. He actually played college football at Duke from 1998 to 2001. And then he has a long tenured coaching history um, with the Cowboys. He's been with the Cowboys twice, but his most recent stint, yeah. the last three seasons, he was a defensive assistant coach for the Dallas Cowboys, who had a pretty good defense uh, yeah. last year, Micah I might Parsons. add. Yeah, Micah Parsons, ever hear of him? Pretty good player. Yeah. You can see him a little bit in the corner there uh, on that picture of George Edwards. Um, he was also with Washington, the Cleveland Browns, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Minnesota Vikings. He's been a defensive coordinator three separate times uh, with Washington, with um, Buffalo, and then he was a co-defensive coordinator with the Minnesota Vikings. The last time he was a D coordinator a couple of seasons ago, um, got the Vikings to 11th in the league in points per game. So, right. yeah, a respectable number there. But his connection with Todd Bowles is actually twofold. They crossed paths twice um, over his career. So, Edwards, I mentioned that he was with the Browns. That was the shortest amount of time he was with any NFL team. He spent one season with the Browns as their linebackers coach in 2004. At that time, Todd Bowles was going into his third year with right. Cleveland. He was their um, third or fourth year. He was their secondaries coach. Yeah. So he was in charge of the linebackers, Bowles in charge of the secondary. And then a couple of years later, so after Edwards went to Cleveland, he then wanted to get a little bit warmer. So he was a linebackers coach for the Miami Dolphins for several right. years. And in 2008 and 2009, while he was the linebackers coach, Todd Bowles was the assistant defensive coach and also the secondary coach as well, like he was in Cleveland. So they spent two years together in Miami. Their times overlapped. Edwards yeah. is there a little bit before. Bowles is there a little bit longer. So two years with the Miami Dolphins and uh, three years overall, if you include the year with the Browns. So this is a coach that Todd Bowles is obviously very familiar with. And I kind of like the idea because I was wondering at first, because, you know, you're taking two coaches from the Cowboys and you think, all right, playoff team, yeah. teams had success, but why are they getting rid of these coaches? But then I was thinking more into it. And I'm like, well, Jerry Jones is a little uh, all over the place. And if he doesn't get immediate results, he's going to make changes as soon yeah. as possible. That's why Mike McCarthy has been on the hot seat for so long, even though he's brought this team, you know, that's right. Deep into the playoffs and, and had good teams. So I like the idea of, well, if you can't beat them in the playoffs, take their coaches. Because if you remember <laughs> the, the Cowboys did eliminate the Bucks. That's so right. a, a couple of coaches coming over from Dallas, again, a playoff team, a, uh, if you want to say a Super Bowl contender, some people pick the Cowboys to uh, to make it that far. And the, the coaching staff for the Bucks grows larger. I think for Edwards, it was a little bit more surprising because we've just been so in tune this off this offseason to go offense, 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 right. Dave Canales, offensive coordinator. And then you forgot, oh, yeah, Bob Sanders retired. So um, it's interesting for Edwards. He's going into a new situation. I think his number one task, Scott, and you're going to feel free to agree or disagree. It's going to be tapping into what he can get from Joe Tryon Shanka. I think the Without development of JTS going yeah. into his third season, he has eight career sacks, had four sacks his first year, yeah. four sacks his second year, finding that potential, getting the most out of Joe Tryon Shanka, really getting the squeeze out of that, out of that lemon or orange is going to be key. Yeah, we hope he's Joe not Tryon a lemon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, hope he's not a lemon. And then everything else, you don't really know. Shaq's coming yeah. off uh, an Achilles injury. 
and everyone else is a free agent. So yeah. really, it's just JTS at the moment. It really is. And and they do have to get JTS to the next level. <clears throat> Bob Sanders won the press conference last year. I mean, I, I remember his he press did? conference. Yeah. And and I loved what he had to say, but the results just really weren't there. And and I don't know if it was a lack of effort, if he was getting tuned out or or what, but it just was it was interesting because I mean the way he talked, you wanted to run through a wall for the guy. But remember, Shaq Barrett had a very slow start to the year. I think finished with three sacks through yeah. the first eight games before his season-ending injury. GTS got stalled out at four sacks and and certainly played, you know, gosh, almost 200 more snaps than he did his rookie season. He was just about an every day, an every down player, yeah. especially late in the season once Shaq was gone and you Carl saw Nassib. Carl Nassib get hurt exactly. So it was pretty much the Anthony Nelson and the JTS show. So, yeah, I, I do think that that um, he's going to be charged with this. It's interesting because we've seen a couple of of, uh, of younger coaches get hired, right? Canales, 41. Uh, Brad Idzik, I think, is in his 30s. 30, yeah, he's very young. I 30, think he's like 31 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah very, he's very, very, very young. young for a coach. And then you've got a couple of kind of old hats here and Skip Pete, who's 60, and then also and George Edwards, who's who's also up there as well. And you know what? I, I like having a, a mixed coaching staff with some young and some old people on it because you kind of pull from some different experiences. Uh, some are, you know, a little bit more uh, modern and maybe a little bit more creative. And then some are just the, the tried proven, you know, old hats when it comes to, uh, you know, to, to bringing experience to n- not just the position, Matt, but the meeting room, right? When the defensive coaches get together, you know, there's another uh, kind of, you know, gray hair in there and, and George Edwards and and the same with with Skip Pete and now on the offensive side to help bring some perspective to some younger coaches that are now on the staff with regards to Canales and Idza coming aboard as well. So really, I guess the only position that is going to be open right now, right, is the quarterback's coach. The Bucks still haven't made that decision yet. And I've heard that that there is a chance Canales could be doing that in addition to being the offensive coordinator. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if if there is a coach that he wants to bring in or if he wants to handle it himself. That's something that might come down in the next 24 hours, or Canales might talk about that tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Matt. Yeah, and that's that's one of the first things that actually crossed my mind was, oh, maybe he'll just stay as the quarterback's coach as well, because that's not uncommon in the NFL. You'll see an offensive coordinator also be the quarterback's coach or um, another position coach. And, hey, why not? He did a pretty damn good job of it in Seattle. Why not just continue that? If you don't trust anyone else with the job, then, yeah, absolutely go for it. Be the quarterback's coach as well. I loved what you said about mixing the old and the new, because let's remember – Dave Canales has never called the play yeah. in the NFL before. He's and he has a lot of experience learning under Pete Carroll, but you know, even that can only take you so far. I mean, I think it's going to be important that he has other quote unquote advisors around him because it can't just be, oh, hey, back in my day, like this is how we did it and this is how we're going to continue to do it. Right. No, because that's how you fall in. That's how you <laughs> yeah. fall behind. You know, things are always updating, offenses yeah. are always. Evolving, But yeah. with that said, there is always room for, oh, hey, when I was a coach, when I was a D coordinator or when I was an offensive coordinator, we ran this and it worked pretty well. You can definitely take some things from the old days and use it into today's offense. But you need multiple voices and just I think the yeah. overall common respect that Canales is going to have for his elders, I may say. Uh, I think yeah. there's going to be a great communication and just 
kind of learning from each other as well. Because again, they're coming from from different spots overall. It almost in a very weird way. And reason with me here for a second. But in Billy Madison, when Adam Sandler's character is trying to take over when he in wants Bi- to run the company on, and take it seriously. In Billy Madison, that, yes. that reference alone makes today's <laughs> podcast in the running for one of the best Peter Report podcasts of all time. Right. Go ahead. So, Continue so with your Billy up. Madison reference, Matt. Thank you. So, okay, we all know Billy was an idiot. He would, like, mess around. He didn't take it yeah, seriously. That's but when right. he wanted to actually run the company and, you know, win the decathlon against Eric, who did he have in his corner? Carl. Carl was there the whole time to kind of guide him. And when Billy got the job, Carl was going to give him, Carl was going to really mentor him and help him take the Madison company to the next level. While Eric was the other guy that wanted to usurp him and take over the company. So I'm not saying Dave Canales is Billy Madison because I think Billy is uh, (laughs) Billy. Dave's going to be we way better we, than Billy Madison. We hope that he's not better But I'm just saying Billy it's Madison. good that he's going to have mentors oh, in there. By the yes. way, Mike Reynolds, Carl, good to see you. I used to always <laughs> say that with Trevor Sikama when Carl Nassim right. was on the box in his first. And we always go, Carl, yeah. good right. to see you. So anyway, that's my <laughs> Billy Madison comparison where, uh, you know, Skip Pete and George Edwards will essentially be the Carl to yes. uh, Dave Canellis. Yeah, no doubt about that. That's That's a hell of a reference there, Matt. Um, you know, there's, there's not really much of a segue I, I, I can, I can throw in there to top that or to even compare with that, but maybe, maybe a Celsius could compare to Billy oh, Madison, just because wait. you're talking about a classic comic, uh, film there and, and a classic energy drink. You're talking about Celsius essential energy folks. If you're looking for great taste combined with the energy that you need, to either kickstart your morning, sustain you through the afternoon, or prep you for your workout. You found it. You found it in Celsius. And you've also found the new Fantasy Vibe, which I have found to be very sweet. And it tastes like marshmallow and mandarin orange. And lo and behold, that's what it's supposed to taste like. And if you're looking for something not as sweet in the afternoon, my afternoon Celsius, if I'm going to have one, is the new lemon lime, sparkling lemon lime. It's absolutely fantastic. So, uh, those are the two newest flavors of Celsius. There's also, we don't have a graphic for it yet, but there's also a, what is it, Matt? It's a cherry green apple. Yeah. That, I mean, just the, the variety have of flavors, the, the different flavors all mixed together in that one alone. I yeah. mean, that's raising my eyebrows. That's eye yeah. popping right there. Celsius always comes up with like brand new flavors. It's it's truly awesome. And yeah. They're all delicious. And you know what? They don't discontinue any flavors either. It's like all of our flavors are good. We're just going to add some more. Right. The yeah. wild berry, the orange, which is one of my favorites. If you don't like the sparkling flavors, there's a mango, a peach, green tea, which is phenomenal. Watermelon. There's kiwi guava. So many flavors, so much energy, no sugar crash. Why? Because there's no sugar. Do yourself a favor. Go to Amazon, hit the subscribe and save and order Celsius. Get it delivered right to your house or apartment or condo or trailer park. Or you know, moving vehicle. I don't think uh, they don't they don't they don't do moving vehicles, but but pretty much anywhere you are, Amazon can deliver to you, and you can also save money with subscribe and save Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. Good stuff. Make sure you check it out. Now, um, another stupid move would be if the boss oh, yeah. decided. <laughs> talking about Billy Madison being yeah. dumb. Anyway, right. he wins in the end. Gets That's the, the girl, but. A true uh, true Eric move would be – I'm talking Eric from Billy Madison. A true Eric move right. would be to trade Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, yeah. which uh, obviously was the title of today's podcast. Yeah. They are not 
going to be trading Mike Matt, and Chris Gunn. Why are these like other national media types just even speculating this, right? I mean, we have come out and said, I mean, I think Peter reports the authority in the Buccaneers. You may agree or disagree, but I, I think we are. And, you know, we're pretty much always we're right. There. Not, not always right, but pretty much always. Yeah. And are, we have a good track record. Let's say that, right? When it comes to being right, they're not trading Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Why? Because they're not in a rebuilding mode. Now, a rebuilding mode means it's fire sale time. It is unload your best players and try to get draft picks, et cetera. That's not what this team is trying to do. And we've been saying this. This is not a, uh, a rebuild like we saw in 2014 where they traded Darrell Revis. Uh, they, you know, they brought in a slew of new players, right? Jason Light and and uh, and uh, Levy Smith kind of went on a spending spree. This is not like 2009. Well, and they they ended up flopping, right? They went two and 14 that year. Yeah. And and then they they tanked for Jameis Winston in 2015, got him with the first overall pick. But it's not like 2009 where they they went bare bones, right? They fired Gruden, they fired Bruce Allen, and they. They hired Mark Dominic as the general manager, promoted him. They promoted Raheem Morris, who was going to be Gruden's defensive coordinator to replace Monty Kiffin. And he just ended up being the head coach. And then they cut the likes of Derek Brooks and Cato June and Ike Hilliard and Warwick Dunn. Those are kind of more rebuilding type of, of scenarios, right? That's not what's happening this year. They got to pay on the salary cap credit card. They got to replace Tom Brady, right? But in order to give Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield or Jacoby Brissett or whoever the quarterback's going to be, Matt, they've got to give him some help. And this is still the NFC South. And until Derek Carr signs with either the Saints or the Panthers, which may or may not happen, the Buccaneers, believe it or not, uh, they have just as good a shot at any of the teams, the Falcons, the Saints, or the Panthers, at winning the division again. If they can get the right quarterback, they still have Mike Evans. They still have Chris Godwin. And it doesn't mean that they're going to be poised for a Super Bowl run by any means, but they could still win the NFC South. Hell, they did it last year at eight and nine, and yeah. and they got that home <laughs> playoff game. So the the whole point is to find out if Kyle Trask can play, and if he can't start, at least can he be a good number two? And if not, they'll punt after this year on Kyle Trask. But Baker Mayfield, Trask, whoever they bring in, Matt, they've got to have some receivers to throw to. Dave Canales came to Tampa to coach the likes of Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Todd Bowles, yeah. last time I checked with Todd, he still wants to keep his job, right? And, uh, and I text Todd every day. Todd, do you want to keep your job? Today? Of course I do, right? Todd, do you, you, you want to be employed this year, you know, in 2023? Yep, I sure do. I'm actually aiming for 2024 as well, right? So Todd Bowl wants to <laughs> I stay may even Tampa. go to 2025. He may even go to 2025. I'm just saying that there's no desire for Jason Light, who drafted Mike Evans. This is this is Jason Light's first pick, this right? As the general manager. Okay. And and probably Chris Goblin is his best third round pick overall in terms of all the drafts that he's had. So I don't see Jason Light, Todd Bowles, uh, wanting to trade either one of these guys. And first of all, if you trade Mike Evans, right, um, he is your leading receiver. Mike, even though he had a down year last year, 
Still with, got over a thousand yards. Yeah, still got over a thousand yards for a ninth straight season. He actually increased his his average per catch to fourteen point six. He was the only receiver to have a year where he had over ten yards per catch. Mm-hmm. So he was the best receiver last year in Tampa. And you want to trade him? Chris Godwin was coming off of an ACL and got better as the year went on, and still ended up being a thousand yard receiver himself. And, you know, you can't trade Chris Godwin because they just signed him to a three-year, $60 million contract extension. So in 2023, he's got a cap number of 23.75. Um, wink and nod, look for that number to be restructured, right? <laughs> so um, so they're, they're going to have to massage that number to create some cap room because, remember, the Bucks are still $55 million over the cap. So you're looking at a you know, a, a, a dead money, if you were to, to trade Chris Godwin, right? A, a dead cap hit of $35 million. If that sounds familiar, Matt, that's exactly the same amount of, of cap hit that Tom Brady has this year. Yeah. So why why in the world would you would you pay $70 million worth of dead cap space or have $70 million worth of cap space, dead cap space, for two players and Godwin and and Brady that are not on your team. That's that's cap suicide. So yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. I, I think you're going to see Chris Godwin actually restructure his deal, not take a pay cut, just restructure it to lower that $23.75 million cap hit this year and probably extend the contract of Mike Evans, who is in a contract year this year. Mike Evans is going to be one of the higher paid Buccaneers on this team. He's in the final year of his deal. And in 2023, his cap number is $23.6985 million. So, and you would still have some dead cap money uh, on, on the books for him because they, they've done some uh, cap manipulation, some restructuring there where he actually has three voidable years after this year where you're looking at uh, looks like 12.19. Eight million dollars worth of dead cap money, um, and th- and that's after his his uh, contract year, which is the season. So it doesn't make sense from a cap standpoint to do it. Let me ask you, Matt. Yeah. What what could Mike Evans fetch for the Buccaneers? Could he fetch a first round pick at age thirty? <laughs> there are so many layers to this that I kind of like want to get into. I don't think Mike Evans is going to be. Well, we do have a super chat that kind of addresses this, so yeah. I didn't want to get to that. Thank Let's you, Dominic, it. for the $10 super chat. He says, long term, it doesn't make sense to spend 20% of your cap on two wide receivers like we are now. Plenty of talent at wide receiver every year in rounds one through four for pennies on the dollar. Call me crazy, but I take a first round pick for Evans. I don't know if Evans is a first round pick right now at the age right. of 30. With that said, I mean, didn't like Hollywood Brown end up going like he got traded in the draft, like last year, I believe and got, I can't remember if it was like a first round or it was like an early round pick where it's like, really for Hollywood Brown, like Mike Evans is 10 times better than him. I don't know at this point if Evans gets a first round. Now, if teams wanted to offer a first round pick for Mike Evans, I think then you have to listen to it. Um, I would, I could see Mike as more of a, a, a second round pick. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say top could... of my head, like what, what AJ Brown, what that deal was in Tennessee, 
whatever reason wanted to get rid of AJ. I know Mike Vrabel's like distraught over it, but yeah. Tennessee wanted to get rid of AJ Brown. I'm not yeah, sure. That, uh, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood Brown was traded for the 23rd overall pick, right? Yeah. I and, mean, Mike Evans is way well worth more than the 23rd overall pick. Yeah. And let's see, the Eagles traded. They traded Brown to the Eagles for the number 18 and 101st overall picks. So, so that first round pick, that was the pick they used on Traylon for Traylon Burks. Uh, yeah. So, Who hunts uh, warthogs with his yeah. hands. So, so not exactly a good deal for the Titans, right? No. <laughs> Trading away AJ Brown to the Eagles and getting Traylon Burks, who really did not do much of anything. No, he, he got injured a lot season. too. I had him on yeah. my fantasy team. So, I was yeah. pretty much in tune with Traylon Burks. But there really are a lot of layers to this um, yeah. that, you know, some we already got to. I mean, first of all, I just want to go back. People might be wondering why, why are we talking about this? Um, yeah. You know, the people, a lot of it is fans. Like, people have been talking about this for a while. I quote tweeted a tweet on February 3rd, so earlier right. this month. And it was about the NFL rumors that, uh, you know, Mike Evans might get traded. I said, there's no rumors. It's dumbasses giving stupid hypotheticals about yeah. Mike could go here or right. Mike could get traded there with no reasoning behind it. I mean, one of the biggest reasons of all is the fact that, as you said before, Todd Bowles does not want this to be the last year that he's coaching. So if Todd right. Bowles has any say in this, which he does, he's the head coach, he has to win now, which means you need all hands on deck and your franchise player, not just a great right. player, a franchise player. And also, you're not saving that much money by trading Mike Evans. It's only like $2.5 or whatever it is. Like You still got to eat a lot of cap money where it's not that much of a saving. You know, If you're yeah. cutting Ryan Suckup or Cam Brait, fine. You know, Those are more replaceable players. Mike Evans is the greatest wide receiver in Buccaneers history. Yep. His down season was a good season by any measure of like pretty much 98% of the other receivers around the NFL. You want to talk about Chris Godwin getting healthier as the season went on, as he comes back from an ACL yep. injury. Chris Godwin almost broke the Bucks regular season franchise record for yep. receptions in a season. Then he broke that record with all the catches that he made in the playoffs. So right. clearly Chris Godwin is trending in the right direction. And yeah. I get that there are holes on this team, both on offense and defense. There's a lot of uncertainty. I'm not going to compare this team to the team going into the 2020 season when James was let go and before they signed Tom Brady, but this team does still feel like that they are a playoff contender. If right. they get the right quarterback and yes, because the NFC South is an absolute dumpster fire still, at the moment, but even if the Saints were the Saints from a couple seasons ago, right, and the Falcons were maybe not vintage Matt Ryan, but you know when they had some of their success, I would still say the same thing that the Bucks have a decent shot at making the playoffs if they get the right quarterback, whoever they decided yeah. to be. And the last thing talking about who is going to be that next quarterback, whether it's Baker, Jacoby, Teddy Bridgewater, all the guys that we mentioned, if you trade Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and you bring in a Baker or a Teddy. And you put them out there, and the team sucks, and they win four games, and they're like, "Oh, you know what? That quarterback just couldn't get the job done." Hell no, yeah. he had no one else around him. You can't say that. Oh, this guy didn't perform. What he traded right. their two best weapons, and I understand yeah. it's a business. Teams got to do what's best for their franchise, and the player will do what's best for him. Yeah. If there's anyone that's an exception to the rule, it's Mike Evans, and what he means to this community, what he means to this franchise, yeah. and. 
So I'm not saying they're going to kick him to the curb because they won a Super Bowl with Mike Evans. I could see right. another scenario where they're like, you know what? Go ahead, Mike. Go get that ring. Go get that ring. Yeah. We'll be rooting for you in Tampa. He got that ring in Tampa. He got that so ring, yeah. It's yeah. it's not time to give up just yet. I understand things yeah. are bleak, but when the going gets tough, the tough gets going. This team is yeah. two years removed from winning a Super Bowl. Uh, three years removed from winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. They still got a lot of good pieces there. They, they do. And and listen, from a from a, a sheer number standpoint, they're going to take some steps back this year, right? They're going to cut Leonard Fournette. Yeah. They're going to have to add a running back, right? Uh, I, I I would not be surprised if they cut Russell Gage. I would not be surprised if they cut Donovan Smith. So now you need a left tackle, right? Now you need another receiver. So the problem is you can't just trade away and cut everybody because then you're just creating too many holes to fill, right? You only have X amount of picks in the draft. You only have X amount of dollars to spend in free agency. So you, you, you're going to be making some salary cap moves here to create some cap room to get under the cap and to help you re-sign some of your own players, et cetera. But you can't just keep digging and digging and digging and digging. And that, that's not what Todd Bowles and Jason Light, nor the Lasers want to do. A good friend, Luke Easterling, says it's wishful thinking out, from people in markets for wide receiver needy teams who think they smell blood in the water and expect that fire sale that's not going to happen. Couldn't set it better myself. Spot Luke. on. It's absolutely spot on. spot on, Luke. Or just ankle deep speculation from national talking heads who aren't plugged in at one buck place. Well said. Yes. That's, and that's that's exactly right. So it's it's ludicrous to think that that the Bucks would do this. We're kind of doing a show on it just to kind of hopefully put the kibosh on it, and maybe some of the national media that that do follow us on Twitter, that that you know listen to Peter reports podcasts, that, that read our website, maybe they'll get the, the clue that Mike Evans is not for sale. They're not going to put him on the trading block. Same thing with Chris Godwin; he just signed a massive three-year. Uh, $60 million deal, $20 million a, a year. It doesn't make sense from a cap standpoint for either one of those guys to to be traded away. And again, for Chris Godwin, I've asked you, Matt, we're, we're kind of on the same wavelength here. Maybe a one from a desperate team. This is not a good wide receiver draft. I'll mention that. Correct. But free agency, too. It's correct. Not like, you yeah. know, it's not like Devontae Adams. I mean, I know he got traded, but yeah, he wouldn't right. hit the market. Right. So so you've got uh, we're, we're thinking certainly a second rounder for Mike if the yeah. Bucks were dumb enough to do which they're not. What's Chris Godwin worth coming off that knee injury? He averaged less than 10 yards per catch last year. You know, I, I don't know that there's a huge market for Chris Godwin, especially to assume that 20 million dollar per year contract. I, I, I just don't see Chris Godwin with that cap number with him having a kind of a comeback year, but not an all the way back year. You know, he's not worth more than Mike, right? Yeah. Does it make sense to trade Chris Godwin for a third round pick? A second round? No, pick? not for a third round. So. Yeah, You can make the case that Mike, uh, that Chris Godwin in some ways and how the Bucks used him on offense is almost just as valuable as, as Mike Evans. The money plays a huge difference into it, but yeah, you know, I've long said, I'm not the only one that said this, but, you know, at times when they were great and when they struggled this year, Chris Godwin is still the locomotive of, yeah. of this offense, I think. Yeah. And he's I the straw that stirs the drink. He right? really is. And appreciate Dev for that comment. I kind of look at it as, you know, what would a 2019 Chris Godwin fetch? What would Chris Godwin before he tore his ACL? Right. Remember that stretch that he was on oh, yeah. before he got injured? Like that Chris Godwin, I think is like a late first round, second round pick, the same area as right. Mike. The Bucks, and again, they're not trading him. 
Yeah. But they would almost be more inclined to trade him after this season when he only has one more year left on his deal and presumably balls out more than he did the year before because he's feeling that much better on a knee. But as of today, as of February 21st, 2023, yeah, I think a third rounder is probably what Chris Godwin would get. Maybe if it's a team with a late, late, late second round pick, maybe that. But yeah, I I don't know. I, I, I... I think teams at times, and that's why, again, going back to like the Hollywood deal, yeah, teams just panic on draft night. They're like, we have to get this pick. We have yeah. to move up. We have to do this. And they're like, right. uh, I don't care. Just take this and this and this. We just need to have this pick. And like teams just freak out. And that's why you see, you know, the Bears overpay for Mitch Trubisky back in the day. Or you can go right. on and on and on about the crazy trades and trade trade ups that yep. have gone on. I feel like you could catch a team just losing their mind on draft night and take mm-hmm. advantage of them there and maybe get like two first rounds or something like that. <laughs> something crazy. Probably not, but you know, wishful thinking. Uh, but the rest of the year, third round pick for Chris Godwin. Yeah. So while we're on the, the, the subject of, of, you know, of trades and we'll get to another guy that we'll talk about in a second. Um, you can, it's a safe bet. I think that, Again, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin are going to be uh, Buccaneers, and and I think that's that's pretty easy to to figure out. We're trying to put the kibosh on that, like I said. Um, but if you're looking, you know, to maybe play some bets on anything, oh yeah, right now, even though football season's over, folks, the NFL season's come to an end. But at my bookie, the opportunities to win don't stop. Whether you bet to earn or to make the games more exciting, my bookie gives you the most. For your money with their designated deposit, or sorry, their redesigned deposit bonus. Getting started is easy. Just visit mybookie.ag and use promo code Pewter to claim a bonus up to two thousand dollars. That's right, folks, two thousand dollars. Use promo code Pewter to get a deposit bonus that gives you extra funds to play with, all the way up to two thousand dollars. With mybookie, bet on NBA, NHL, UFC, or dare I say, college basketball. Or play for a share of the big cash prizes in their weekly online blackjack tournaments. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Matt, um, a college basketball tournament. I, I, I'm with you, man. And you know what? They just had a free play for college basketball over the weekend. And that's what, what my bookie will do from time to time. They had a Super Bowl bonus because I blew all my money. I had some really bad picks last year. <laughs> but they gave me $20 of free cash to spend on the Super Bowl. I had to bet on the Super Bowl, right? And I picked the Chiefs uh, money line because I knew Patrick Mahomes right. and the Chiefs were going to win. And I won $21, right? So, And, and then, then they gave me $20 worth of free cash to spend on college basketball last weekend. I just so happened to bet on my Kansas State Wildcats, right? And uh, we ended up winning that game against Iowa State. So I'm getting free money from my bookie, and I'm winning money. So I'm liking my my bets here in 2023, Matt. Make sure that when you bet with my bookie, use promo code Pewter. All right, Matt, here's another trade that I want to get your thoughts on. I kind of, you know, this is wacky season, right? Uh, one of the trades that's kind of out there, we see it in some of the mocks, et cetera, et cetera, with the Bears now owning the first overall pick. Justin Fields, is he going to be the next Josh Rosen where he's drafted 10th overall by the Cardinals? They go through a coaching change, and all of a sudden they want Scott, or Kyler Murray, 
right, at number one. And so a year later, they trade Josh Rosen to the Dolphins, the 10th overall pick, because the Cardinals have the first overall pick. Now you got Justin Fields, who just a couple years ago was, was a first-round pick, and now the Bears. They have a chance to get Bryce Young. They have a chance to get C.J. Stroud. Yeah. So what about Justin Fields possibly coming to the Buccaneers in a trade? They need a quarterback. Would you trade the 19th overall pick for Justin Fields, Matt? Yeah, I would. Uh, there's obviously oh, wow. some okay. things. Yeah, there are some things that concern me for sure. Because one, and here's the big mystery in all of this. I mean, if you go to Dave Canellis and he goes, yeah, I can work with this guy. I'd love to have this guy. Then, yeah, absolutely. But again, we don't totally know the style of offense that Canales is going to run uh, with the Buccaneers. Like, can he adapt to really anybody? Because right. obviously with Justin Fields, we know he's an electric runner. I mean, he has like Michael Vick style of like highlight plays. Yeah. Um, but the accuracy isn't totally there. Um, the passing game isn't totally there, at least just yet. So obviously he would be way better in like an RPO type of offense, something kind of like how the Ravens run it with Lamar Jackson, how the Eagles have done with Jalen Hurts. And they obviously yeah. just went to the Super Bowl this year. Um, I think, I mean, at the end of the day, the Bucs have to find their next quarterback. And yeah. Kyle Trask isn't the guy. And if you're going to kind of roll around in the mud this year and not be bad enough to get a, you know, a top three pick and not be good enough to make the playoffs. And you're kind of yeah. in that, in that purgatory, why not take a shot on a guy like Justin Fields, who still has, you know, a lot out in front of him. You can make the argument that, you know, the bears never really surrounded him with like great, great weapons. I mean, obviously not to the level of, of Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin. So I think yeah. Nellis with the, you know, creative mind that we all think that he's bringing in, why not go for a guy that is electric out there still has a lot of, you know, polishing up to do, but let's remember, I mean, he worked with Russell Wilson for a while and Russell was throw first, but would run a lot. Now you got a guy that runs right. a lot and, um, you know, still needs to figure out the throwing part just a little bit. The only thing that would concern me is, and this is like, you know, further down the road, I feel like running quarterbacks don't always pan out in the postseason because it's like if your defense can kind of figure figure yeah. you out and and limit you, you're not going to be able to throw it down the field and beat them that way. I think that's like why you know the Ravens lost to the Titans a couple of years ago when they were upset. Yeah. You know, Michael Vick only made it to an NFC Championship game once. I think there's right. a limitation to rushing quarterbacks. But with that said, I mean, we just saw Jalen Hurts go to the Super Bowl, so I, I'm with it. I mean. Be excited about something. I, I would take a risk. On it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. To me, Justin Fields, the accuracy isn't there. The, the pocket presence isn't there either. He took 55 sacks. I mean, he's a mobile yeah. quarterback. And sometimes mobile quarterbacks take more sacks because they they get without – they're not in, in the structure of the pocket, right? They're, they're looking to scramble, and they run into sacks sometimes. Very difficult for offensive linemen to, to really kind of, uh, you know, block – for, um, you know, scrambling quarterbacks just because of of that that lack of discipline of leaving the pocket too early. So Justin Fields sacked 55 times last year. If you remember his rookie season, he got sacked, I believe, four times by Todd Bowles' defense here in Tampa in a 38-3 to loss. And not just that, but he also threw three interceptions too. So I'm just not exactly sure that that's going to be um, – 
you know, what the Buccaneers want. And, and I, I, again, I think they're looking for a more experienced quarterback. There's, there's a lot to like about his running ability, but you almost have to have an Eagles type of approach or a Ravens yeah. type of approach where you're really going to incorporate Justin Fields running a game and, 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 uh, his skill set in that way to really make it worthwhile. And I'm not sure Dave Canales, who's had pocket passers, mobile quarterbacks to a degree, yes. and Geno Smith and Russell Wilson, but both of those were pocket passers, and, and that's how those those quarterbacks thrived and went to Pro Bowls in the Seahawks. Mark Fisher uh, with a donation, and so let, let, me, let me answer this here for Mark. How about trade Devin White to keep Levante David? Uh, White has value now. And David is inconsistent. Well, I'll tell you what, whether you like <laughs> Devin White or not, uh, there is no way, as long as Todd Bowles is the coach here in Tampa, that Devin White is going anywhere. Uh, that is basically like Todd Bowles' uh, extra child. Okay. He loves Devin White. He will make uh, apologies for Devin White. Devin White can do no wrong in his eyes, right or wrong. Devin White is, is here to stay. Just like Bruce Arians had a blind spot for Byron Lefwich, and I think probably at the end of the day, Byron's only ally in the building was was Bruce Arians. Okay, um, this is the same thing with with Devin White and and Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles has got a blind spot for Devin White. He can do no wrong in in his eyes. And you know what? Got to give Devin White some credit. Down the stretch, he was a much more consistent player. After we called him out, after Warren Sapp called him out publicly, and uh, and he played better football. We didn't see the splash plays, Matt, and that's something that we need to see more of. Devin White is in that fifth-year option year coming up, so he really has to deliver, does he not? Oh, he absolutely has to deliver. I appreciate the comment from Mark, but Levante, I mean, he's only going to play one or two more years where, you know, Devin, I, I know the extension is a huge point of uh, – discussion for what yeah. will be the whole season but Devin you know is younger way more athletic and he hasn't reached his potential we're obviously all hoping he can get there right. but yeah I mean obviously for Devin I think it's really just more consistency than anything yeah. else like if you're gonna blitz get after the quarterback don't get stonewalled right. by the running back let's yeah. see let's see those splash plays where's where's the interceptions where's the forced fumbles I, I know he had a fumble recovery towards the end of last season, but, yeah. you know, that's what defines great linebackers ultimately. And, you know, if he wants to be like Levante and Derek Brooks, I really think, I mean, I think it's those two categories. Getting after the quarterback is awesome. It's part yeah. of the job, but it's not the whole job. And he's mastered one of it. Can you master the rest of it? That's obviously really the yeah. big question for Devin going into this year. Now we talked about Leonard Fournette probably getting cut. Same with Cam Brate, probably Russell Gage as well. Donovan Smith is is uh, has been a hot topic. We've kind of ventured out there to say that that the team is is considering parting ways with him. Will that come via a trade? Wayne Hankinson says Don, uh, Donovan Smith needs to be given a, a big pay cut and move to left guard or traded or cut if he resists. He's not going to take a pay cut because yeah. he can go out there in free agency and find some team willing to overlook last year and focus more on 2021, which was his best season, Matt, and probably pay him. Maybe not what he's going to be making this year, but uh, you know, there's there's a chance that that he he could still land a, a rich contract out there, and maybe a fresh start is what he needs. I don't know. I will say this: he's not going to be moving inside to guard. 
Yeah. He is strictly <laughs> well, he's too big, but he's he's also strictly a left tackle. And he, he doesn't run block that well. He's he's better in space on pulls where he can, you know, get on smaller defensive backs and linebackers than he is uh, run blocking at the point of attack. And so that's why some people say, well, just you know, move him to right tackle or move him inside to guard. That's just not Donovan Smith. He he's a left tackle. He's a more of a pass protector than he is a run blocker. Just look at his run blocking grade last year. wasn't good, despite the sacks and holds that he had in in the passing game. So, what's the trade value for Donovan Smith? Uh, probably mid to late day three, maybe a fourth or fifth round pick, maybe. I'm very curious when it comes to the tackle market because obviously it's flo- been floated out there that Donovan Smith could get cut. Um, also, the Titans, it, they're more than likely ta- uh, cutting Taylor Lewan, who's been their starting offensive tackle. Taylor Lewan has said it himself, so he yep. thinks that it's coming. And, you know, he's a starting caliber offensive tackle. He got injured last year, his knee, and he was done for the season. So I'm yep. very curious with the two of them. Donovan obviously got hurt a little bit this year, but um, being able to play-wise, like Donovan – has a way better track record as far as yeah. as health, but Donovan's not going to be the only offensive tackle on the market. Is really what I'm right. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, uh, Nathan Wandler asks, and we've talked about this before. It mentions talking about again because this is something that the Buccaneers are pondering and considering. We'll see if it happens about moving Tristan Wirfs to left tackle. So Luke Gedeke, who struggled mightily at left guard, ended up playing there against the Cowboys and did okay. But really, his best game from a grading standpoint, not just pro football focus, but the Buccaneers themselves, that week 18 against Atlanta, when he went wire to wire at right tackle, that was his best game. And he was a right tackle at Central Michigan. He doesn't have the prototype long arms that you want ideally from, you know, a tackle, but but he played better there than he did at any game at left guard. So that's something that they're possibly considering. I do think the Bucs will draft an offensive tackle this year to maybe compete with Luke Gedeke if they decide to go that way. Or uh, at the very least with Josh Wells, who's that swing tackle being out for several weeks uh, into the season, right? I mean, it's not, he's going to be gone the entire off season, all of training camp probably won't be back until at some point into the 2023 season, and he's a free agent. So the Buccaneers will need another tackle into the mix because we saw Donovan Smith miss some games and Tristan Wirfs. Mm-hmm. No, without question. Listen, if on the Bucs, I go to Tristan Wirfs first, and I say, do you feel comfortable enough to play left tackle? And Tristan Wirfs is the nicest guy in the NFL, so he'll probably yeah. go, yeah, absolutely, whatever the team needs. <laughs> then you go to Luke Gedeke. And you say, don't BS me. Just give me a real answer. Do you feel comfortable playing right tackle? And if he says yes, you at least slide him over there, scrap the left guard um, idea, slide him over to the right tackle, and then you still either sign a veteran right tackle that's probably older but would be a cheaper option, or you draft an offensive tackle so you have protection if it doesn't work out with Gedeke at right tackle. But I think it all starts with, is Tristan Wirfs comfortable at left tackle because yeah. I want the same Tristan Wirfs that we also have seen at right tackle. Right. I want that same Tristan Wirfs at left tackle. I don't want a lesser Tristan Wirfs right. on the left tackle when you know that he is a Hall of Famer on the right side. So I think yeah, it really yeah. starts and ends with Tristan Wirfs, and then you can answer the rest of it. Exactly. You you can't have Tristan Wirfs go from an A on the right side to a B on the left, yes. right? And and then you had an A on the right side, and you insert Lou Gedeke 
And now either that's a B or that's a C, right? You you can't you can't shuffle the deck to where you're losing. You have to have a winning hand. You can't just uh, shuffle the deck just to do it and end up with a losing hand. So, um, you know, if if you're looking for maybe a, a hand in in your finances, well, there's no better place to turn than the good folks over at Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Well, almost made it out to Colorado, made it as far as Kansas over the weekend. Uh, so I was close. But whether you're in Colorado or Kansas or Florida or anywhere across the country, you can become an Immuni Financial client. Here's what they do for their clients. It's real simple. They can help you with advisory services, brokerage services, legacy and retirement planning, investment banking, insurance services, annuities. They can help you do anything that you need with your finances to help you plan ahead and stay ahead. At Immuni, that's what they're all about. They've got a wide variety of services to help you and your finances tackle the uncertain economic climate that we're living in. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864. Again, helping uh, clients from across the country, even if you're here in Tampa, in the Tampa Bay area, they can help you across the country. Do what I did. I've got most of my financial investments with Immuni. Visit them on the web to learn more at immuni.com. As we said at the beginning of the show, uh, very exciting times tomorrow. Once again, offensive coordinator Dave Canales will be speaking in Tampa Bay in front of the media uh, to everybody for the first time as yeah. the new offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that'll be going on at 1 o'clock. We will have the Pewter Report podcast in prime time later that night at 7 p.m. to recap everything that Dave Canales had to say. We're also going to have a lot of stuff up on our Twitter, on our Instagram, um, YouTube videos as well, recapping it and getting videos of, of Dave Canales. So if you're not already doing so, please uh, subscribe to our social media um, at Pewter Report. That's on Facebook, uh, you, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you like the show, if you like the various clips that we put out, on our YouTube channel, please subscribe to Pewter Report TV. Like and subscribe helps us with the algorithm, um, helps us continue to grow our brand over at pewterreport.com. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thank you, everybody, for watching. And we will see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Oh, Al, I think this was our best show. Best show pretty, yet. Pretty good. Better tomorrow.